Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, pop culture TRD. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. We can't remember our own theme. Yeah. Yes, pop culture episode. But first... I want to check in and see if there are any these new worlds updates or jump gate games in general. Um, not currently anything um, announceable. Okay, but <laughs> a couple of a couple of things on the go, but yeah. But you did have a dream where you invented a game. I did have a dream where I invented a game, and actually, you and Cooper were the ones playing the game that I had invented in my dream. Very nice. So now I've decided it has to become a reality. Very nice. <laughs> because you two seem to be having fun. <laughs> yep, we are definitely we're definitely addicted to these new worlds. He he mm-hmm. had like a. It was funny the the mechanics of icebreakers did not sink in with him. So he just didn't didn't click with him, huh? Yeah. It was it was very interesting. Um, that is, yeah. For someone who's so visual, I was like, wow. You can, like anyway, um, and the other the other thing is now, like I, I I went and bought. I'm like now I'm super into you know from us talking about it and from now playing card games because now we're like I love card games. Like growing mm-hmm. up, that was like you know my mom's side of the family, the she he side of the family big card games spite and malice bridge just like we'd get together and it's just cards and oh, i haven't played spite and malice in forever yeah so it's me neither and i couldn't remember the rules and my mom couldn't even remember the rules i asked her so i found a book on uh you know i suppose it was amazon of you know like 101 uh card games for family or you know family card right. games right that like you just play with a regular poker deck yes and i or two I, Yes. And I, you know, it was like, I, I flipped through the table of contents before I ordered it and sure enough, spite and malice is in there. So I snapped that bad boy up. So very excited about that, especially cause it's camp season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Card games are great for camp. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, and I, I have a very, very strong nostalgic feeling for a game called Millborn, which yes, Richard was talking about that. Oh, really? Yeah, Richard used to play it a lot as a kid. Yeah, we played it a lot. And the, the artwork on the cards is burned into... It's like one of those dream, dream state <laughs> youthful... Does, like, it's just... They were just the coolest cards ever. So mm-hmm. I went on eBay and bought a vintage deck. And, oh, uh, nice. And, I mean, the flashbacks were were fierce flipping through that thing. Really cool. Really cool artwork. Uh, so that's fun. And now I, you, you've got... I, I, I've started like automatically thinking about like, oh, I want to make a game. <laughs> it's like, it seems like so much fun. Like what a different creative activity, you know, compared is, to like writing all the time. Yeah, it's so different and it's so much fun. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm working on, a, working on a larger one now. And I just like got some prototypes in today because it's one of those things that the gameplay relies heavily on theme. So I was like, okay, I have to kind of, break with my normal workflow here and put some artwork to this thing before I start doing a lot of heavy testing. Mm, interesting. Otherwise, otherwise you're just sitting around the table arguing over shapes and colors and it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes like, a big no, difference. I really think we should green triangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to, it's to me, it makes a huge difference to have like, yeah. it adds a whole layer of fun to like these new worlds, just the planet names and like mm-hmm. thinking about like, Oh, smugglers, you know, it's not just like, you know, lose two red. 
Right. <laughs> you know, uh, makes a big difference. And I, I, I've been thinking about doing something completely different and then having all of these cards at my disposal and like, and thinking about it through your eyes. I'm like, mm-hmm. or I, they, <laughs> <laughs> or I, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, I'm like, I want to make, a, I want to make, I, I totally want to make a card game. So I'm going to have to ask you, I'm going to have to have you consult with me. Because nice. I, it's like, I have all these ideas for like a monopoly kind of game. That's about, uh, being a freelancer oh, and, fun. and like all of the clients from hell things that can happen and how and you've got <laughs> certain number of hours per week that you can spend to in one way or another I, to I, deal I, with clients. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, you'll have to give me some pointers. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, cool. Okay. So this week we have a, a couple of pop culture references that I think, I think will be of interest to the TRD listener, hopefully. Anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It'll be a little bit of a lighter episode. Yes. So let's start off with Mad. You, you said in Slack that you wanted me to remind you about Mad. And I was like, Mad, like the magazine? Yes, the magazine. Wow. The August 9th issue of Mad Magazine will be the last issue it's available I'm, like yeah i'm like they <laughs> well, still print it <laughs> yeah exactly that, that was my thought too but they've, they've printed it for 67 years wow. and the the august 9th issue will be the last one the last new issue available in newsstands you will still be they'll still have subscriptions and online purchases where you can can purchase the magazine and they'll have new covers but it's going to be like re-releases of classic content interesting angle mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually kind of more excited for that than I am about the idea of getting a brand new issue of Mad Magazine. Because, again, the whole nostalgia childhood thing. Yeah, that's wild. So, wait, so they're going, so you're, it's not going to be available at newsstands. You are going to be, be able to buy printed copies of it, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be creating new guts. Right. They're going to have oh, new cover art, but they're not going to have new guts. And I don't know if it's if it means like they're going to re-release an issue or if they're just going to pick and choose stories and put together like like maybe this compilation contains maybe you get a magazine that has stories that were from 10 different old issues or something i don't know how that's going to work this is this is so this is hitting me in such a weird way because now mm-hmm. i want it i didn't want it <laughs> until you told me that i know Isn't i was like weird? i don't even care like i'm sure the new ma- i mean it's almost like in my subconscious i was like i'm sure the new mad magazines aren't good it's almost like I thought that subconsciously because as soon as you said, well, it's going to be the old ones. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. But <laughs> it's also ridiculous because I'm sure I could buy back issues of Mad Magazine. Right. But somehow this is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of new covers too. Is this going to be like a curated best of? I don't know. Oh, this is so weird. Yeah. Okay. okay this, is, this is out of left field, but um, the idea of coming up with you know one man's trash is another man's treasure type thing mm-hmm. of uh related to magazines this it came up recently where i signed up for a subscription to oh man what's it called i think it's called the periodical collective i'm scanning my bookshelf to see if i have i have one wait let me grab one <clears throat> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so there's this company called Trade Journal Cooperative. And every quarter that mm-hmm. you subscribe to it, I don't know how much I pay. I don't even know how much I pay. Maybe it's $20 a year. Maybe it's $20 an issue. I have no idea. And they 
every quarter you get a trade publication in the mail and it's a magazine kind of like the size and shape of like a good you know better homes and gardens or like a house whatever it's called good housekeeping is that yeah. yeah you know it's probably got well i can tell you it's probably, you know the two that i've gotten so far of like over 100 pages it's just like a normal glossy magazine mm-hmm. um, but they're old you know they're like a year old let's say so somebody some trade association has you know puts out this magazine and people buy it and then this company the collective buys the back issues that didn't sell and then sends them to people who are interested in learning more about basically about niche markets so the two that i got so far are the first one i got was funeral director american funeral director from october 2018 okay and it's it's a magazine for funeral directors, which is like, sounds, I'm sure, well, you tell me, how does that sound? <laughs> well, I mean, I, at first it sounds, oh, that's weird, but, and well, but then you think, well, wait a minute, it's, it's, a, it's a profession the same as any other. I'm sure there's things that they need to know about and share and discuss. <laughs> yeah. And I got to tell you, it's like a thousand times more fascinating than reading like, I don't know, Wired. Yeah. Because you just, it's almost like you're peeking through a keyhole into this entire big community of expertise and that's just totally invisible to you. Mm -hmm. It it feels like kind of like, I feel like it's almost like a feeling you'd imagine an anthropologist would get like staring through some leaves at a watering hole, like finding (laughs) these like fantastic creatures. And you're just like, wow, funeral directors are. Yeah. Wow. Like. Like little little subsets of culture and careers and things that just like you wouldn't even think about. Yeah, it's like a thriving ecosystem, and they've got and it's wild because there are certain things. Of course, it's you know these American businesses. I think it's mostly American businesses. Mm-hmm. They've got the same kind of problems anybody else does, but then they have some other kinds of problems that are super specific and bizarre. Like they're almost right. almost hilarious. But the the point is, and then the next one I got was the. Uh, IFAR Journal, International Foundation of Art Research, and their main focus is uh, around art theft. So, like, oh, okay. there's a whole magazine that comes out periodically about stolen art, and like, it's like I think, like I think that's so cool. Just like what a what an interesting way to just sort of like broaden your knowledge. Yeah, right. And so, and each one right. comes with this little letter that's like a it, it, almost like a hand typed letter of like. Um, almost gives you an onboarding or like an entry point into the space. Like, so it gives you mm-hmm. a little background about what the magazine, how people read it almost. It's almost like what's the purpose of this magazine or yeah. how this magazine is viewed in the community might be a better way to put it. Okay. And it's kind of like how famous is this magazine? Oh, this, this happens to be the biggest magazine for art collectors, but it's specifically uh, niche down on art theft. And it's like, <laughs> Anyway, the thing, the thing that's fascinating about it and, and to me and also related to the Mad Magazine is someone came up with a way to sell worthless magazines, essentially worthless magazines or, or that magazines. That people actually in those industries didn't want. Yeah, like there's over, they printed too many. And then this trade, trade I, can't, I can never remember the name of it, Trade Journal Cooperative figured out a way to like tap into a different market who's interested in it for a different reason <laughs> yeah and so for mad magazine i feel like i could imagine that they're you know until 
this last one, they're like selling to 13 year olds, Mm -hmm. you know, but now all of a sudden they're flipping the switch and they're going to sell to 50 year olds or 40 year olds. Right. Like I want to, I want to see like the post world war two mad magazines. Hmm. Like the stuff, like I used to, I used to read, it was a magazine I read off and on when I was a kid. Big time, But yeah. now I want to go back and see like, you know, like what was going on in the 40s and 50s with, with the magazine and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like a totally renewed interest. Yeah. Like want to read some old school spy versus spy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. The only thing, part of me likes the idea of the new covers, but... I also kind of wish you could get those classic covers too. But I mean, I guess for that, you just go buy back issues, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my stepfather had a used bookstore. You could go and like guaranteed somebody thinks their treasure trove of mad magazines is worth a million dollars, but then they put it on eBay and they're like, Oh, not really. You could probably get a complete collection for a hundred (laughs) bucks. The shipping would be more, but oh man, that I run. Don't walk ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna beat you to it. Yeah, you had to link to your to your American Trade Coalition <laughs> thing in the show notes too. To remember. I will. Oh, yeah, I will. Link to the 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 ATC. Mm. We'll give it a TLA. That'll make it memorable. <laughs> TJC. So, uh, speaking of nostalgia, I just finished watching uh, season three of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. which I will I will not spoil, dear listener, but. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that show. I may have to give it another try then, because the first season I watched it, and it was just like, okay, this is relying heavily on 80s tropes, but there's not a lot of story here. So maybe I just didn't get far enough into it. Yeah. So here's the thing. You have to you have to enjoy the tropes. Well, you don't have to. Oh, I, I do. Okay. So yeah. like the... And, and they're they're fast and furious with the tropes. I mean, it's like... It's not just tropes, though. Like... Every every single scene, I'm like, I have a reaction like, oh man, that's a reference to, or that's a reference to, like, mm-hmm. oh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, no way, that's so cool. Or like, oh, oh man, they worked in a, a reference to, like a subtle reference to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Or they'll do one, I'm like, oh, what's that from, you know? Yeah. And uh, I I think... I have a hard time. I watched season one and season two pretty close together and I can't remember where one ends and the next one starts, but a season, obviously you have to, I don't, you know, I suppose people kind of know the story about, you know, upside down and Demogorgons and, you know, it, mm. it's, it's sort of sci-fi horror, which is an interesting mashup in the first place. But, you know, so there's lots of suspension of disbelief, but I just th- season three I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought they had all these plot lines, they spun them all out. Everybody gets separated, and then they start remixing them back together. And yeah, there's there's some stuff that happens that you're like, oh, that's from Raiders, you know? Yeah. And there's some stuff that's like, come on, there's no way they would have gotten past those guards. But if you just like don't care about that, mm-hmm. and you just like let it go, it's I just found it super entertaining, but. I don't. I, I really think the rating is pretty good. I'm have to give it another try then. Yeah. yeah. I, I've <laughs> speaking of things I said I would never watch that I've gone back and give it another try. I'm about halfway through the third season of Game of Thrones at this point. Really? Yeah. I, I honestly think season one is a um, going back and looking at it. Season one is a real turnoff. Uh, I shouldn't say season one. It, the first couple of episodes, at least, 
mm-hmm. where I tried, I was like, Erica, you got to watch. She was all the hype and everything for the final season. She was like, ah, I should check it out. Let's watch it. So we watched the first episode and I'm like, you know, this is really not the best episode. I'm like, just give it a chance. Give it a chance. They're just laying the groundwork here. And there's like lots of, I mean, yeah. lots of gore. There was, I mean, of course that show has lots of gore, but it was really front loaded yeah, with beheadings was, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, no, I can't watch this. And I'm like, no, it gets better. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would totally accept it if someone was like, ah, Stranger Things is not my cup of tea. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. It is squarely aimed at me. It's like this show was created for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, all of the references, all of, you know, because I was the age, I was like the same age as these kids in the show. Right. And I was a nerd, just like the kids in the show. So the the flashbacks are just like awesome and intense. It's I, I really, really liked it. But I recognize that I'm squarely in the target market. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of a high school trauma, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I don't want to have any spoilers, but the kids are starting to grow up in the show. And... Uh, it, I do have a little technical news piece that I think was particularly horrifying, uh, would be particularly horrifying for kids in high school or certainly when I was in high school. Um, do you remember a while back we talked about uh, deep fakes? Yes. I think we talked about it a few times where uh, a particular user on, I don't know if it was 4chan or uh, it might have been a subreddit. I think it was a subreddit called deep fakes uh, where somebody figured out how to plug in, you know, some TensorFlow AI thingamadoodle into, um, you know, like adult videos plus mm-hmm. uh, uh, static images of starlets or, you know, famous people that have lots of pictures of them and essentially mm-hmm. do like a, a Photoshop head replacement, but in a video. Yes. And it, I mean, it, it's, is something that would be extremely difficult to do, extremely sophisticated. Um, and like prior to the sort of AI machine learning, uh, access to tools that, that make it easy for the average nerd to do something like that. It would have been close to impossible to do anything realistic, but you know, this open source stuff was released and like, Oh man, like you can make anybody say, look like they're saying anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so you can essentially create videos that look like uh, they happened, you know, like that it's a it's a <laughs> video of something that happened that did not actually happen. So essentially yeah. a cartoon that is indistinguishable from reality. Yeah. And we've talked about it several times. Like, how do you detect it? How do you protect against it? How do you know what to trust? Yeah. Right. What happens in the gap between now and when people realize that you can't trust videos? And, mm-hmm. uh, and so there's a new development in the story which is that uh, a small team of developers made an app in their spare time that that would take a photograph of a clothed woman and generate a naked version. Of course they did. Of course they did. So it took so long. Right. And so, uh, but I mean, I suppose to their credit, people flipped out and they were like, Oh, well, sorry. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. So they pulled it from the app store, but it was, it was, (laughs) And it was like a lot. It was alive. It was live. Yeah. And uh, in the article where the develop nobody, the developers are anonymous. They're just, they have like some, you know, 
it's not a company name because it's not a company, but like a group handle. Right. And they pulled it. And in the, in the, when they pulled it, they were like, it wasn't, you know, they were like, you know, geez, we're sorry. You know, <laughs> I'm guessing they were young and male, but they were like, <laughs> geez, geez, we're sorry. I didn't expect this kind of a blowback. Uh, on second thought, you're right. This was a bad idea, but we didn't come up with anything like the tools that we use to put this together over a weekend are just sitting there waiting for anybody to do it. So mm-hmm. gird your loins because <laughs> there's <laughs> going to be a wave of them for sure. It, which, which pulls me back to my like, man, now like the, the flip side of this, maybe if there's a silver lining to this, it's like there can be real pictures of you and you just be like, that's not me. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah, quotes, like, whatever, Photoshop. it's fake. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's fake. Right. But wow. I, I think, I, I think back to high school and I'm like, I don't know if I really would have wanted to have a smart, like would I want to be a high school kid now? I wouldn't want to be a high school again for a million dollars, no matter what. <laughs> right. But I, I think like, would smartphones have made it better or worse? I'm pretty sure it would have been worse. There would have been more stuff to worry about. Way more, way, way more. And like the cool thing about smartphones in high school would have been like just the entertainment aspects and like basically having a TV in your pocket all the yeah, time. Yeah, and being and, able to text people all the time and yeah. Right. But the the thing that was would be, it, I feel like a smartphone would do a great job. I'm sure it does do a great job amplifying um, all of the really bad parts of high school a lot more than it mm-hmm. amplifies the good parts. I think, and probably I feel that way because I felt like high school was mostly bad parts. <laughs> right. So it amplified, I imagine it would amplify the whole experience. And since I did not love high school, it would just amplify a bad experience. So I'm like, and then something like this comes along. It's like, oh man, the bullying and all of the, you know, the clicky, you know, like people passing stuff yeah. around in, uh, in uh, DMs and private text message channels and do we ever talk about the do you ever talk about the um is it airshare is that what it's called on ios i don't airdrop airdrop yeah so with i don't know if we ever talked about this on the show but apparently there's a thing that the crazy kids these days do where they use airdrop to kind of like i almost said photobomb but it's not photobombing it's like you can use airdrop to send an image to everyone near you who's on has mm-hmm. an iPhone and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So like your phone beeps and cause the way, the way that it works is on your phone, you like go to share an image and it's like share with airdrop. And then it shows you a list of all of the devices in your 30 foot radius that have airdrop turned on, which I guess mm-hmm. it's turned on by default. So you could be in a coffee shop and like turn on airdrop and like 15 phones are going to show up and computers too. I, I think I've seen that before. I, yeah. And you could just select them all. So just select them right. all and like send this photo to them. And <laughs> this might in fact be one of the deciding factors that I was dealing with when I decided to go back to Android. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you could be in a classroom situation or on the bus on the way home, everybody's phone beeps, mm-hmm. everybody looks down and it's too late. Everybody just saw the thing that was just posted. So apparently, right. you know, it's, you know, people send like funny memes back and forth and they'll do it because you don't know who sent it. So mm. you can, you, 
and apparently again the crazy kids these days they'll set the name of their phone in a way that makes it anonymous or funny when it shows up in somebody's list so instead of like Jonathan's iPhone 5 you know in the list it'll say something anonymous and funny yeah uh, so when you open up that list or when someone else opens up that list and you're around they don't know who it is but and in the kids that were getting interviewed in the article were talking about like well they were like well what if you accidentally send it to the teacher and then like you can always tell the teacher's phones because they don't change their phone name and it's just right. like Mr. Brown's iPhone or whatever because <laughs> They don't even think about it. They don't even know about it really, probably. And yeah, okay. So now like combine all of these, all of these topics and you've like a a high school hellscape (laughs) of, you know, like, oh, uh, look at Becky, everybody. (laughs) If the uh, image is fake, is it still child porn? Hello, can of worms. Yeah. The answer has to be yes. It has to be. Are cartoons? Oh my gosh! Oh, that's a whole nother episode. I mean, oh man, <laughs> what a mess that is. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, only the head is real. The the um the nude parts are not. Uh, the nude like, the nude parts are eighteen. Yeah. Oh it's like, what? man, the head seventeen, and and the kid sending it is fifteen. Yeah. So, is is he on the the yeah. sex offender list now? Well, uh, I believe legally that's how it works. Even if you're a minor sending photos of minors, you're still. What if you're sending photos of yourself? It's still distributing child pornography. Even if it's of yourself. Yep. <laughs> There's. It has to be a yes. It has to be yes. What if you're, this is, what if this, oh, I can't even get into it. This is a great edge case because it's, because everything about, everything I want to say, I immediately, like, like, (laughs) I'm like, it's, it's I can't even talk. Right. It's like, everyone stop doing that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. That's the behavior I want to encourage. Everyone stop doing that. So then it's like, and this is super political for us, but it's like, okay, just because 50 year old fart me is like, everybody stop doing this. Is that the, whose job is it to stop it? The parents, the schools, the government, the state government, the federal government, Apple, Apple. Okay. We all agree. We want kids to stop doing that. Now, 16 year old me is like flipping the bird to all y'all and being like, I'm 16. I can drive. I right. can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? I, it's, yeah. This is my f- right to free speech. I can, this is art. <laughs> yeah. This gets into the art versus porn debate with child porn thrown in because it's, it's a create, it's a, it didn't exist in the real world. It's an artistic creation. Mm-hmm. What if it was a painting? What if it was a photo of a painting? Is that, porn i mean it does it boil down to like i know it when i see it does it boil yeah, down to know. the intent of the sender like oh my God. what a mess <laughs> yeah i don't know you know oh i mean even if you take out all of the if you take out all of the bullyish type of bad behavior and it's just like 
boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, two people who are dating, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. communicating with each other with photos. 17-year-olds, 17, 17 and I'm not even going to say like if I think it's right or wrong or whatever, but it brings up all of those issues. Right. It's like, who should be, who should be policing that behavior? I believe, as the law is now, it's even if it's two consenting 17-year-olds, they're yeah. 17 and it's still illegal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I believe that I have read that too. I, I think that's state by state. I don't think that's federal. Oh, yeah, my, well, it might be. I, but I remember a story about um, a, an underage person getting in hot water because of it mm-hmm. in legal hot water. And it was like, right. it was like, yeah. Okay. What if you have pictures of yourself on your own phone and you're underage, but you don't share them? Technically that would still, if it was of mm-hmm. someone else, that would definitely fall under child porn. But, but I think if, if it's, it's yourself, yourself techni- technically it still is, I believe I, I would have to imagine. Yeah. It, I don't, I don't know why it wouldn't be. I mean, I do know why it wouldn't be, but I could see, oh, oh my God, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we back to talk, my, we were talking about mad magazine. Yeah. What me worry. Yeah. So the, the thesis, we could do a whole episode. We should, we should we actually could. do some homework and see like what the ruling is. That would be, mm-hmm. I don't know if I wouldn't even want to talk about it, tell you the truth, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. That's, Having a seventeen-year-old. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, and it brings up the it slightly. It's a stretch, but slightly brings up the story about um, uh, people who are tourists in China, tourists traveling to China, mm. are being forced at the border to install spyware on their uh, phones to scan them. Yes. So, <laughs> so make sure to scrub your selfies. And the other thing is <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, the way that photo share the, the, the modern phones work, the idea of having a picture that's just on your phone is it's difficult. It's, you have to buy like special apps to prevent photos from actually just being shared everywhere. Right. So it's like you take a picture, like if we take a picture, um, like, cause we have, I have an Android phone, but Erica's, but I have Google photo and Eric and I are linked in Google photos. So like any picture mm-hmm. I take is automatically sent to her phone. So, right. and iCloud is automatically backed up to the cloud and right. supposedly it's secure, but there have been problems with that in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, even if it's a brute force password hack, the stuff's not just on your phone. So the idea of it being, okay. So like you just, ju- you just took pictures of yourself. It's on your phone. You're 17. Uh, you don't share it with anyone, but it backs up to iCloud. Did you share it? I mean, you could have shut those settings off, but it's the default that they're going to share. Mm-hmm. So did you... <laughs> did you distribute it? Oh, man. And, and right, and like, do people, people in Congress even understand the difference? Probably not. Probably not. You uploaded these to the cloud. You uploaded these to the internet. Yeah. Oh, man. I was thinking the other, not to change gears, but I would love to change gears. I was, <laughs> I was thinking back to, do you remember the name of the guy who founded 4chan? Is it Chris? I don't remember his name. I, I'll think of it in a minute, I think. But he had to testify before Congress. And it's, it's like the funniest thing in the whole world to read the transcript of senators questioning Poole, Christopher Poole, uh, interviewing Christopher Poole about like, 
what 4chan is and asking him like because they just have no clue oh i mean 4chan's tough to figure out in the first place but but it is a riot to listen to like hit you know it's the ultimate like straight man congress is like the ultimate straight man Mm -hmm. so they're asking questions that i that are like i can't even repeat because they're so off color but these senators have to ask well what's the you know what's what's this you know what's this term and it's like a right. horrible term, but the center doesn't even know what it is. It's like, what does right. this mean? And, and the guy's like, it's like no one gave them a copy of urban dictionary before this started. Exactly. And he's like, well, you know, and, and, uh, and the Christopher Poole took it super seriously instead mm-hmm. of being like, I don't know how I would have been able to like, he must've been really nervous because, um, I would have been like, you seriously want me to tell you what the B board is for? Like, can't you just look at it? Like, just look at it. And that, but you can't, like, you look at 4chan, you're like, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So, so in, in conclusion, I would like to say, yes, I am definitely glad that there were no smartphones when I was in high school. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had showing some nerdiness. I had a ham radio when I was in high school. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Was that like something you used a lot? Um, For a while, yeah. You really need to watch season three of Stranger Things. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I I let my license expire and I regret it because I was in the process of having a kid and raising a toddler and the grace period went by because she was two Mm -hmm. and I had obviously different priorities. Right. (laughs) So so I've I've thought about retaking the test, but eh. (laughs) Man. And is that like, you know, I've only, I've only, my only experience with ham radio is basically I have one other friend who's big into it mm-hmm. and my, but my only real experience of it is from movies mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of like, you know, it just seems like the precursor to internet chat rooms, <laughs> right? Is, or is no, not really. Or yeah. Like, are they topical I mean, or is it? Well, I mean, it depends. You could, you could have like, like local networks of, of topic topical and like we had a you know a small town we had like one local repeater (laughs) and i mean it was i don't remember what people talked about (laughs) to be honest like what was the experience like though you sit you sit down like in your room like is it at night you're like oh i'm bored there's nothing on tv i'm gonna go up to my room and and ham it up and like you know i think i think we mostly used it when we had a specific need to communicate with someone about something like a phone Um, i'm sure like you'd use oh, like a yeah. phone? Yeah, yeah. kind of use it like a phone, except, you know, the conversations you were having weren't were, were public right. to, the, to an extent. Yeah. But it was just kind of, you know, my, um, like my dad would be going somewhere and he would let me, you know, he would send me a message uh. and call me and be like, hey, I'm stopping here, you know, whatever. I mean, I think we just used it for like, you know, just the kind of stuff you would text people for these days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like IRC. Yeah, uh, you know, we just we just did it because we had. Well, it was back before it was back before cell phones were a thing. But you had this this handheld radio with this battery that lasted eight hours. So, you, but you didn't have a any kind of portable cell phone. So it was great for stuff like that. Oh, so you're talking more? I, I was picturing like a giant box on a desk with like headphones. No, I mean, and, I mean, my my dad and some friends were into that stuff too, that sort of stuff too, and the but i mean yeah we also just had like the handhelds and 
so you can imagine back before cell phones oh man that yeah yeah like long distance walkie-talkie sign me up god that would have been awesome well and Mm -hmm. you which is yeah you definitely need to watch stranger things like and just (laughs) like just like groove on the references i I really think this story is you're pickier about story than i am for sure i'm i'm Mm -hmm. an easy sell when it comes to plot holes i'm like eh, whatever (laughs) i'm I'm enjoying it yeah um before we wrap up i have one final movie recommendation oh good i recently watched a movie on netflix called i am mother huh okay and the the premise is there's it's basically takes place after this sort of um, extinction level event on earth and there is a a robot that's raising a human child raising a what human child ah okay yeah and i won't go into more and spoil the plot and things but it was it was a i liked it quite a bit the ending was a little bit predictable but it was all just so well done that i really didn't care and it was kind of uh you remember in in when we watched ex machina and you said like the house kind of feels like a character yeah this was sort of the same way like the the setting was so just like added so much to the story and brought so much in terms of like tension and emotion and the way it made you feel that it like it felt like the environment was a character mm. and i i think if you like ex machina you'll like this one it was it was good yeah i definitely liked ex machina that's cool. And it's a movie. I can't, I just yeah. binge watch like two different, sh- three different shows. So I'm like, oh, right. I need to. I, I, no, it's a, it's a, it's a two hour movie. So <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, might even be a little less than two hours. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it was good. Cool. One of, one of the best, like, there's a lot of bad sci-fi out there. <laughs> and it was, it was one of the better, one of the better, just like random sci-fi Netflix movies I'd seen in a while. So. All right. One last thing before we wrap. I was mm-hmm. just having a kind of speaking of bad sci-fi, right? So I was just talking to my friend Adam this morning about the battle scene on Hoth at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Okay. What was that battle for? Do you remember? Like, why was that there except to be a cool scene in a movie? Because they lose and then they just fly away. Like, why didn't they just fly away in the first place? Oh, well, I, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they had retreated to this secret base on Hoth. Right. Right. And then they were discovered and battle ensued. To, to, and the ATATs came down to blow up the shield generator, which they did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And... So you're saying they should have just ran away from the begin to begin with instead of... Right. Like, what did they think was going to happen? They were going to win... That's a good point. <laughs> Why didn't they just run? I mean, maybe place? someone starts firing at you. Your instinct is to start shooting back. But if you're going to shoot back and then leave anyway, maybe just leave. Yeah. <laughs> Why weren't they evacuating before the shield generator was smashed? Or like, was it right? Was it like that? if you're gonna like you're gonna fend them off and you're gonna win and then what? Like your secret base has been discovered. You're gonna have to leave anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just so he said that, and I was like, I. Never questioned it because to me it was like it's like right. an I obvious yeah like it's an obvious World War One reference where you've got trench warfare and tanks coming at you and mm-hmm. like it's a really it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies it was a really good battle scene the you know Luke tripping the you know spoilers Luke tripping the uh, the Walker such a cool idea and he 
scales it and throws a grenade inside. It's like, ah, yeah. You know, it was like so rah, rah, um, Mm -hmm. rebels. But then I was like, wait a second. Like, as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, why, why didn't Luke just go to Dagobah before that? (laughs) What were they doing? What were they even doing there? And whatever. It's like, (laughs) it's just so funny. It's so funny. But I don't care. It's probably my favorite Star Wars movie mm-hmm. of the originals. Rogue One was great. Yeah, it was. I loved Rogue One. Um, okay, cool. So pop culture, TRD, complete. And a weird segue into child pornography. <laughs> yeah. Might have to put an explicit rating on this one. Mm. Um, all right, folks. Well, it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. And we I hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye.